Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm Elena Fowles. My guest today is Eli Vasquez. Eli Vasquez is a Puerto Rican and Mexican Chicago native. He is a digital video producer and personality for BuzzFeed's Latinx brand, Pero Like, where he creates multi-million view videos for the Latinx community. As a filmmaker, he creates stories of the American Latinx experience told through imaginative genres. When not on set, Eli uses his social influence to promote self-empowerment and online entrepreneurship, telling people how we all have tools to create the life we want to live. Eli currently lives in Los Angeles, California, where he enjoys Korean barbecue and craft bottom shelf wine. I don't even know what that is, Eli. I'm so glad to use that line. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> sure you were going to use it. I, I, only the real ones truly uh, appreciate the, the, the craftsmanship of bottom shelf wine. Yeah, so <laughs> bottom shelf, well, thank you for the amazing intro, and I'm so happy to be here. Uh, but I feel like we should dive into the wine first. Yes, um, let's do it. Yeah, so our, uh, Trader Joe's has the best cheap wine ever. Uh, <laughs> the labels look really cool. They taste great. So I've kind of developed a appreciation for, you know, uh, $10.99 and, and, uh, and under wines. So. For budget-friendly uh, wine. That's yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. Budget-friendly, economic, you know, you know, that's just my move. So I, it's my college days that continuing on. Eli, how are you doing under our current quarantine way of life? I mean, are you going crazy? How are you keeping busy? Oh, my goodness. So such a, an amazing, fascinating, complex question for all of us <laughs> as human beings. I, it's, been, it's been different waves. I mean, it's, a lot of what I do is, is create content for Better Like, which is entertainment-focused, education-focused, you know, uh, mm -hmm. An inspiring focus for the Latino demographic, as well as my own personal digital content um, that's just with deeper thinking, uh, motivation, entrepreneurship in the digital space. So, like, by creating content and, like, kind of essentially, like, entertaining and informing people while going through all these emotions, it was really mm -hmm. difficult. So, like, at first, I was like, now's the time for me to make stuff. I'm going to just be a machine and, like, you know, entertain <laughs> people and, like, give my perspective. And then the emotions hit me. And then I just kind of had to stop mm -hmm. and process and feel. And uh, now it's very much a dance since news changes so drastically every day. Right. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I think I've created a decent normal where a good day is very different nowadays than before, where mm. a good day can mean I... There wasn't a whole lot of good, but it was an okay where I got things done and I could I appreciate with what I have. So that's mm -hmm. kind of like a new good day. So I, I've been finding that and it's been interesting and I've been learning a lot about myself. But um, yeah, I'm truly grateful more than ever of, of what I have and to be talking to you today so <laughs> yes no it's it, it was difficult i you know i teach at, at ohio state and uh in in my work is with students and engaging with students inside and outside the classroom 
So it was kind of hard um, to suddenly, you know, we came back from spring break and mm-hmm. I was not going to see them, you know, in person anymore. And, um, and some of them were graduating and, and it was just all kinds of emotions, you know, for, for, for me and for them. And, uh, but yeah, like finding a new normal, finding a new routine. Um, I, I like routine. So um, I, I just yeah. try to make a new routine and stick to that because that makes me feel a little bit more normal. So I totally understand that. Yes. Oh my God. When I started, I started wearing pajamas the first week all day because I could do it. You might as well flex it. And then <laughs> I noticed like, oh my God, by putting pants on at 9am, I feel so much more productive and like I'm giving value to society. So I totally right. understand the routine thing. Uh, right, so right. Any tips with people listening? I'll put pants on during work hours. It's it's a it's a game changer. I I heard that on your on your own podcast. You know, oh, the you po- the po- the yes, the, the power of the pants. You said something the about the power, power of the pants. Of the pants. <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Yes, we'll we'll tell the audience um, all about your podcast here in a little bit. Um, so I just read some things about you and your professional life, but can you tell us a little bit more about where you grew up? You are Mexi Rican from Chicago. Yes, I'm Mexi mm-hmm. Rican from Chicago. So I am originally from Northwest Indiana, uh, East Chicago, Hammond. And uh, if anyone knows that area, it's not the most exciting. Um, <laughs> people here in Indiana and they think of like cornfields and a lot of white people, but Northwest Indiana is the most diverse county mm-hmm. in the state, and it's full of Puerto Ricans, full of Mexicans, full of blacks, full of white people. So um, I, I had a pretty interesting upbringing of, you know, it was really low income. Mm-hmm. My parents was 17, 19 when they had me. I uh, was the oldest of now... God, how many that's how you know you're in a Latino family. We got to think about how many siblings. <laughs> uh, four sisters on my mom's, one brother on my mom's, and then a brother and sister on my uh, dad's. And so, yeah, a lot of siblings, big family. Yeah, it, it's funny enough. I and this is like a big reason why I'm like really inspired with social media and the digital space and the opportunities with it is because uh, I went to school where they usually see you as a statistic. Mm-hmm. and um, they didn't see opportunity in you. And there was not a lot of opportunities. It was low-income school, and mm-hmm. um, and it took me getting in a fight over an iPod. Some dude tried to steal my iPod in order for, like, my mom to be like, okay, we got to move, like, 20 mm-hmm. minutes away to this other school with, with opportunities, with a TV class. And through that TV class, I realized I want to be a filmmaker, went to film school, figured out I wanted to do this, this all this stuff. But it, it's it's crazy how situations like that you know, you realize your potential or realize what you want to do with your life where a lot of people don't get that. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, that's a little snippet of how that came to be. But I, yeah, I, I went to sh- uh, Chicago for college and um, from there I made the move to LA. Did you always, um, did you start your college career knowing exactly what you wanted to do? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Like I went to that new high school uh, there's that TV class. Um, and I was really nervous. So I was always like a really shy kid, which people are shocked because like I'm on camera all the time. <laughs> but I was like, just painfully shy. And I knew there's this opportunity to do the TV class. And I knew I was always a creative kid. And um, it honestly wasn't until my little sister got sick, she got a rare form of leukemia, mm. and uh, 30% chance to live. My mom had to quit her job. It was like totally like disrupted the family psyche and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
it's it's you always hear like you have to live life to the fullest, but you you don't really feel it until it hits you personally. Mm-hmm. And um, I was seeing my sister just like with such dope attitude go through this, and she was only seven years old at the time. Mm. And uh, and but for the record, she's all good now. She's eighteen. She's angry. She slams doors. She has attitude. She's <laughs> right. She's a perfectly Great. healthy teenager now. Yes. But uh, when she was younger, it was just it was so inspiring to see her. So like when I saw that, I was like, I could do anything. So that's mm-hmm. what inspired me to do the TV class. And then from there, it was just like, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm, I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with being a video and film and all that. So uh, I went to college, just super bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to dive in and just make movies for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. That's great. So you're currently making films and creating digital content. Um, is this part of the work that you do with BuzzFeed? And can you talk to us a little bit about the things that you like to do and what you're doing currently? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I went to film school and uh, it was right out of college. I didn't even think of digital content. And then this BuzzFeed thing was a thing. And I got lunch with a producer at the time and he thought I had potential and he he gave me an opportunity to be an intern for BuzzFeed. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what really like opened my eyes being in that space of seeing the potential of like digital content and then the growth of YouTube and, and like how streaming could be a thing and like something to, you know, cause when I went to school, people were really talking about digital content, streaming services, like mm-hmm. the traditional film TV industry was like looking down on it very much. So and not seeing mm-hmm. it as like a viable career. And this was so. just like, not that long ago. Yeah. This was like in the span <laughs> of like five years ago. It's insane. Right. I know the growth. The growth, yeah, like mm-hmm. working in digital content, you work here for like three months, it's really like a year. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, everything moves so fast. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so I'm a filmmaker at heart. I make uh, short films, music videos. I'm, that's always something I actively do. But like digital content is where I, re- I really got to hone in on like my voice and image. Uh, so I, I was working at BuzzFeed for years, working on uh, different teams. And then I found the Better Like team grow and, and build with such amazing people and uh it wasn't the funny thing is i didn't feel like i was latino enough at first because <laughs> uh, i was just a weird indie nerdy kid and i can't dance salsa or speak spanish i'm sorry elena <laughs> don't judge um, i have a few questions here for you in spanish yeah, let me see if i test you <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> make I'm you really sweat a little bit <laughs> okay I'm, I'm doing a video where i'm learning spanish so this is this um, but yeah, but it wasn't until like I had that kind of personal development realization that, you know, Latino is not a thing that you try to become. It's who you are. Mm-hmm. And I started making content around that. And uh, it was actually doing really well with numbers. So I, I uh, and the team is phenomenal and very uh, loving and accepting. So I joined the team. Um, yeah, like a year and a half ago. And it's been phenomenal. So mm. I've been creating online digital content for the Latino audiences with Better Like, and I make my filmmaking on the side, which is my personal passion projects. Mm-hmm. While I am in this digital streets, I create thought-provoking motivational content for the POC community right. on, on my own. So I'm glad you said, um, you know, uh, being Latino is who you are. It's not who you learn to be or you know something like that I'm, I'm messing up what you just said <laughs> but what I but you said something uh, in regards to language so I you know I teach um, in the Spanish and Portuguese department and I teach wow. a, a class for um, mainly Latinx students that are um, that grew up speaking Spanish 
but they have different levels of comfort, competency, you name it, right? And one of the things that we talk about is um, is that identity, right, of being Latino in the U.S., um, whether you speak the language or not, <laughs> uh, you know, whether you're bilingual or not. Um, and, um, and it's, and it's, a, and, or even um, uh, empowering the students that whatever Spanish they do speak, however they speak it, is of worth and is valuable and it makes them bilingual, right? Um, so we do have discussions about identity that are so important and it's important what you said too, right? That it's, uh, you're Latino, whether you speak the language or not, uh, whether you, um, I don't know, grew up in a Latino neighborhood or you name it, right? Uh, or you, you dance, you know, salsa, merengue, I don't know, uh, right. quebradita, right? Mm. Your, your Mexican side, <laughs> norteño yeah. music, I don't know. Um, or if you like spicy food, right? You name it. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. You um, you still are Latino, and you can claim it. But 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 it's um, but it's tough, right? When you grow up, and there's this expectations of what you should be um, if you if you claim that identity, right? Exactly. No, it's it's so so. That's the beauty of us is that like our complexity and layers of complexity and the layers of that complexity, like, but it, it's, it's also could be so divisive and mm -hmm. create these emotional kind of walls of barriers um, where it's like, I don't know. I'm very much, I look Latino. I look like every Latino guy ever. Like mm -hmm. I, I, my, my facial hair is very mustache heavy and I'm brown. <laughs> so like live, living in LA is like every older Latino talked to me in Spanish and I couldn't like answer them confidently and you just get the judgmental looks. But right. it's mm -hmm. like, you don't know my story, my upbringing, mm -hmm. like how like my great grandmother saw like learning Spanish, like, you know, she wanted very much Americanized out of the safety of her kids. Right. So it was like, that's kind of the stem of it, but not every family's like that. And, um, mm -hmm. and growing up, like I had really young parents. So the TV raised me. So like there wasn't the mm -hmm. amazing shows we have now, like Vida, Hantified, like, like that American Latinx presence. Like it, right. it was, I was, I was watching like Fresh Prince and like, you know, and Living Color and stuff. So mm -hmm. it, um, it, because that was the only thing I could identify, but yeah, it really is this beautiful complexity of who we are. And I think there's an opportunity of just compassion with ourselves and, and uh, compassion with each other that the solidarity that's like really, important. Elena, what's your background and <laughs> what's your narrative? Uh, uh, well, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? That's the beauty We're of complicated, it. right? Um, so I grew up in uh, Matamoros, Mexico. So it's a border town across from Brownsville, Texas. Um, but my family and I was born in El Salvador. And, uh, but I, you know, I moved, moved uh, to Mexico when I was a baby. So I grew up Mexican, uh, but um, but I do have that heritage as well, you know, Salvadoran. So that's why I say it's complicated, yeah. um, you know, and how we choose um, also our identities. At some point, um, I learned that uh, that we were because I didn't grow up knowing that I was from El Salvador until later on. And then um, and I really didn't uh, think about what that meant until I moved to the U.S., so after high school, I moved to the U.S. and then I, I started thinking about what that meant, you know, and mm -hmm. and and what that meant for my parents to move 
to Mexico, and that was, um, you know, escaping violence. Um, the Civil War was was starting, and so, but yeah, so I didn't really grow up thinking about that until I moved to the U.S. So that, you know, it's been a process for me too, like thinking about. Um, um, I'm still like Mexican at heart, but I also have this other side, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it, it, it is, it, it can be, uh, complicated. Um, and also how, how people see you. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. Especially in this country, we so much want to put people in a box, uh, to check. It's like, okay, that's where I put you. All Latinos are Mexican. It's, it doesn't go any further than right. that. Uh, right. So it's, 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 there's, there's power in the, in the slashes though. There's power in the exactly. complexity. I agree. I agree. Eli, I know there is a handful of Latinx folks out there doing the type of work that you're doing. And I think this is super important in terms of uh, representation and getting the types of stories that highlight and connect our community. Tell me more about this work. Is it difficult for Latinas, Latinos, Latinxes to be successful in this field? What has been your experience so far? Yeah, yeah, it's it's two different worlds, but the worlds in the same. When I like, because I'm I, I'm in the filmmaking world and I'm in the digital content world, and it's mm -hmm. those those worlds very much blend uh, at certain times, very much so, and. Uh, it is difficult. I, I, I always tell people is this is the greatest time ever to be Latino, Latina, Latinx, um, right. to be in the creative arts in entertainment. Cause like I haven't seen any of this before, like a Netflix series with like all Latino cast about Latino things. Like right. we have sitcoms now we have single camera, multi-camera. Um, the fact that better like exists me too. Mm -hmm. Like I was like working at Buzzfeed and I was one of the first Latinos to start and I remember being in the writing rooms there and and we were talking about like dating, like what's funny dating beats? And and I was just like, I started talking. I was like, yeah, you know, when it's like, you know, when I was just trying to get a thought across. So I was just in my head about I'm like, you know, when you holler at a girl and this, this, that, and the other, and then everyone just starts laughing. I didn't even say the joke yet. Everyone just starts laughing. And I'm like, what is everyone laughing at? And then <laughs> someone's like, oh, Eli, you said holler. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I look around and it's like all these white guys with like checkered t-shirts and glasses and i'm like oh they're not used to even the word holler like that <laughs> is comedy to them so there's 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 definite uh i i, I just see it as like you go into the in in industry and it's very much like buddy buddy friends mm -hmm. and the people that are currently up top aren't look don't look like you and they don't really grow up in areas of people that do look like you mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. when it comes to buddy buddy friends you're not necessarily one of them mm -hmm. so it's it's that division and that kind of stretch of human experience and connection that I think they may feel uncomfortable with, may say they're comfortable with, but also you 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 feel a little uncomfortable, but also you have to put yourself out there. You're the right. one that has to put yourself in the space. You're the one that has to make the connection, um, even with the uncomfortability. So it's uh, there's definitely still that divide that has been going on since the beginning of the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think with the diversity initiatives, with, uh, you know, the push and all these regards of like, you know, America Ferreira and like all these like beautiful mm -hmm. storytellers that are coming up and like even not only Latino, like Asian, black, right. like you see this multicultural push mm -hmm. and uh, it's a wave that, you know, you have to take advantage of and jump on. So it, it's the back and forth, but it's, there's a way for a reason, you know, yeah, that's, that's the whole 
thick of it, but and and it can be um, tiring. I, I I know that uh, when you're the only one in the room, and and I you know, and, and that's a conversation that I also have with my students, right? Um, that um, yeah, th- most of the time I'm like, okay, I get to educate people, you know. <laughs> uh, so I so I do it um, because maybe I'm the one person that that is going to take the time uh, to do it. Right. Uh, but there are times that you're like, Oh no, here, here I am again. Right. In this yeah. white space. And I have to like make sure that you, they understand what this perspective is about both as a, as a Latina and as a woman. Right. Mm. And so, um, so I can, you know, definitely for people of color it's, or women, it's, it, it can become tiring, but I always think um, if you, feel like it, take the opportunity and educate people. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I do. And, and your presence alone will show them that, you know, not to put you in a box, like by mm-hmm. showing and embracing your differences and complexities of who you are. And, and like, I remember I had a conversation with this uh, amazing executive producer. She's a, a black woman. And she is like, us as people of color, we always feel like we have to be perfect in this industry we feel like we have to we have to be perfect we can't mess up at all we have to work twice as hard as everybody else we have to like so there's so much pressure on us before we get even get into the pitch meeting before we even get into the networking rooms mm-hmm. uh there's just so much pre- yet i don't carry that she's like i don't carry that weight anymore like i if i don't connect with you in a networking event if we don't get along then we don't get along like mm. authentic product authentic results come from authentic relationships mm-hmm. and you have to give yourself that that break and just kind of move through spaces as you wish and embrace the differences of who you are especially in creative industries like we all deal with it no matter what world you're in i mean oh my goodness uh my partner she's in academia and she the stuff she tells me is very similar to no matter where you're in but it's uh it's it's just i mean i feel like yeah we definitely got to show who we are and especially in creativity like you your differences is what makes you stand out like mm-hmm. it's, you know it's, it's a people business so you know it, it, you're not doing anyone's benefit by trying to be like the person next to you right right um so Eli I'm a fan of Pero Like which by, <laughs> yes which by the way was it a few weeks ago or maybe last week that they were on Twitter they were saying um finish the line or at a movie line starting with pedal like did you, <laughs> did you did you see that or not <laughs> yeah no i saw that that was pretty so the, the first thing i thought it was pedal like everything for selena's <laughs> i love that, that. was my pedal like uh, i didn't post it but that's what i thought <laughs> oh that was gold oh you should have that's awesome no i love that no it's it's that it's that beautiful mixture of like like using our language and u- using that to in the digital space it's just really fun and i'm like it's it's a cool it's a cool historic wave to go on of like I don't know you just don't something as simple as that thread and like <laughs> Latinos on Twitter like just goofing off and doing that it's like oh yeah I remember fun. a world where that didn't even exist so I'm glad you participated <laughs> I think you should still post it I mean you should it's still post there. it maybe I will I will <laughs> I think you still should <laughs> so better like is a YouTube channel that produces videos that speak about the different aspects of growing up Latinx in the U.S. and about the diversity of our community which is, you know, what we're talking about, that just the differences, our different experiences. 
And I personally enjoy watching the ones about how the different members of the team, which is also very diverse, right? You have people, um, team members that are like you, uh, Puerto Rican and Mexican, Mexican uh, Dominic from the Dominican Republic. Uh, some of them uh, grew up in the States and someone, some, some of them grew up, you know, in, um, for example, in Puerto Rico. Um, and, and so I, I really like that they're so diverse. Uh, so what? So I like the videos where they taste each other's um, foods and snacks, and the reaction they have to it is always funny for me to watch that. Um, uh, especially because you know Mexican snacks are always or mostly spicy, um, and people don't under people don't get us. Like, why do why why is candy spicy? Or like, why do you have to put spice um, you know chili powder on fruit? And I'm like, why would you not? You know. Exactly. <laughs> so tell me about um, about being part of this team about pero like. Oh my god! Uh, so yeah, it's. I agree. I don't understand why. Why wouldn't you? Put it <laughs> I mean, right. I, well, I'm conflicted because I'm Mexican Puerto Rican, but like I definitely take in my Mexican side through the spice. Uh-huh. Like all of my Dominican and like fellow Puerto Rican members on the team, they can't do spice at all. Like me, I, give me the hottest thing you can get. I'll eat it easy. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, better like man, it's like it's it's beautiful. It's 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 amazing. Like we're in this digital office in this digital space full of people and we're the loudest table in the entire building. Like we have every Latino that comes just chills with us just to talk. And um, you realize how rare it is when you kind of step outside of it, when you realize how, you know, there's not a lot of spaces like this. And, and I realize every day I go in there and I, and I see the faces of the people I work with who you're right, came from different backgrounds. We have someone who's Mexican, someone who's like grew up in New York City, Dominican, super mm-hmm. Dominican. We have mm-hmm. Puerto Ricans from Miami, um, me from Chicago. Uh, we have Cubans from um, Miami and it's uh, Salvadorians from LA. And it's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's just beautiful how we could all like compliment each other, get along with each other. Like every day I go into the office, I know it's like historical. Like I know this is like, an era that I could look back on and, mm. and know that I was a part of. And I know it's, I know it's just the beginning. Like I know Latino content, Latinx content's only going to get bigger from here. It's only going to be more accepted, more, more of a thing. And I'm just like very proud to be a part of it. And uh, as someone who never felt like a part of the group or felt Latino enough, it, it, I'm very proud of myself to give myself the compassion, but I'm very like, and I'm very, but it's very eye-opening to know like all these Latinos from all different walks of life, except me, and like we can create something that people appreciate and 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 connect with. So like it's just really validating that uh, you know with digital content, with Latino content, it's bigger than just us. It's more than just a YouTube video. It's for like the community. It's for it's to push us forward. So it's I feel super blessed to work with the people that I work with and they all bring something so dynamic and different. I learn from them all the time. I'm learning like Dominican slang, you know, (laughs) I'm learning, I'm learning all the things. So it's, uh, I feel blessed for sure. Right. And I, and one of the things that I think makes it unique, not only the content, right. The, the different topics that you, that you, um, have on the different videos, but also that you share about you a little bit. I think um, that's the power, right, of storytelling is is including yourself right. in there when when it's appropriate, right? When when it's gonna bring light to a specific topic or 
Um, why is that important? I mean, people connect mm -hmm. when, when, when you're, when you're true, when you open up about some of the things that, you know, like you just said, like growing up uh, Latino and not speaking Spanish or whatever the, the case might be. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, and I like that about the content of Pero Like as well, that you get to know that people, you know, all the different uh, team members have their own, you know, a little bit about each of them. Right. Um, and, and that makes it richer, the content richer. Yeah, no, totally. And, and I think, and that's why I like to tell people, like, even if you're in multimedia or whatever, or, like using social media or like wanting to grow your following or whatever else, it's like, it's really just telling your story and being authentic, like consistent authenticity is like the key. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, if you're building a business or if you're a dentist, just trying to like make an Instagram or whatever, it's just like, is being open and authentic is so real. Like, like in the digital space, like even tweens could smell the BS from a mile away. So it's really <laughs> like important to show up authentically and, and, um, and you could do it in a safe way. I think a lot of people get scared of like, Oh my God, I have to share my life story. But it's mm -hmm. like, it's pieces of you. It's like, it's something we all right. relate to, you know? So like, mm -hmm. I mean, I did a video simply of like, things that will get your Latino card revoked. And that's just like something I grew up with. <laughs> And uh, it's just everyone sharing their confessions of what they don't like or what they like. And it's just super cringy and funny. And like, we all relate to it. And it's like, you know, the world is like, you're not the, you're not alone. Like, tell me, tell me an example about that. I'm trying to think as soon as you said it, I'm like, what would that be for me? Oh yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> someone said they don't like cafe con leche. Some people oh. said they don't like beans, frijoles. Some people, what did they say? Um, man what is it just yeah Gadiel he's Dominican I'm like I don't like baseball it's like <laughs> it's just th those things that your family will shame you for um right. that you feel bad because it's like we're human beings we're, we're, we're proud we love what we are but like mm -hmm. we're not all the same and that's okay so right. you could have th these authentic lessons and, and still laugh about it you know? <laughs> so I guess in my case is uh which people are surprised by it is that I'm very very punctual oh and they okay. expect me not to be <laughs> positive latino card revoked thing right i don't know if i would even revoke it it's it's so positive right <laughs> i gotta think about might not be that i might not be too proud of or people you know my latino friends might not be too proud of but you know yeah because you're right uh this actually puts them in a bad light instead of me right <laughs> yeah. being punctual I mean, it's, it's something we should all work towards at a certain <laughs> level but it's it's not, not a bad thing to to have yeah. that's right that's right. Uh, so Eli, one of the most recent videos that I watched uh, with uh, Pero Like was when you went back to Chicago to visit some of the best Puerto Rican restaurants in that city. Tell me about this video. I, I really enjoyed it because of that, you know, personal connection that um, what we were just talking about, um, that, that is important, uh, an important part of those videos. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, this is how like the dig digital space works. So it's like, I know like my heart's a heart. It's like, I love Chicago. Chicago's my heart and soul. Like I miss mm -hmm. that city every day. So many memories there. And the thing is like, I'm the only Latino on the team that's from the Midwest. Mm. So I remember going back for, um, you know, some work stuff or I was visiting family and I was like visiting some Puerto Rican friends and like Humble Park. And like, I, I know Humble Park. I know how prominent the Puerto Rican community is there. But like a lot mm -hmm. of people don't. 
And that's the good thing of having the better like team because they're from New York. They're from Miami. They're from like a lot of people. You're kind of repping where you're, you're, you're from. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you kind of see there's not a lot of videos of Chicago, like the Latino scene. We go to New York a lot, Miami, but not Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was like a personal responsibility to go back and not only highlight like a, a local business, a restaurant, because one thing with Beto, like we're always trying to like uplift the community, uplift small businesses, like we're mm-hmm. all in the hustle, we're all trying to do our thing. So uh, uplift, uplift the business, but also like uplift the, the cultural scene too. And like, I mean, I love Anthony Bourdain, like, cause mm, yeah. mm-hmm. he dives you into a world you wouldn't normally go through something mm-hmm. you understand. And when he has you in, then you, op- he opens you up even wider to the world. So you're talking about fried chicken in this country, but then they open up all these issues of the world. So I was like, okay, let me bring them to Chicago with 24 karat flan and mm-hmm. let's oh my goodness i want to i just want to go to chicago <laughs> right now just to taste that flan that flan was <laughs> dope oh my god i was like balling in my mouth it was amazing um i felt like a millionaire every bite but yeah i was like get them in with with the cool looking foods and then let's mm-hmm. have a conversation so let's talk about gentrification let's talk about the change mm-hmm. of the neighborhood right. like you know, i interviewed my friend um uh, Felicia, who is a dancer and like really in the scene of um, the cultural arts and, and, and being Puerto Rican. And uh, yeah, so we just had a really dope conversation. And, you know, so it's it's cool stuff like that. And that's something that like, I think with digital content, social media, we should look at ourselves and be like, this is kind of our life diary, our life mm-hmm. timeline. So mm-hmm. I want to look back and say I did that. Um, right. So now I'll always have that memory and knowing that I So think. if you want to do more videos about the Midwest, you know, Ohio has a few <laughs> places that I can show you and yeah. you know, I show you around and we can go uh, do some videos. I would love to. I think that <laughs> dope series just to go to places that like where are the Latinos at and like. Right. And that people don't think about like Ohio. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love yes. that. No, there's I so- like to surprise people about that. I'm like Ohio. I'm like, you don't understand. Um, so I moved to Ohio in 92 and I've, I've moved away from Ohio a couple of times, but you know, in 92, there was really no Latinos. Right. And now we're 2020 and there is a lot, but people that come from Chicago, like if you move, you know, if you came to Ohio, you'll be mm. like, Elena, you said there was a lot of Latinos. <laughs> <laughs> but it, and it's all about perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but there are, and there are much more, you know, businesses and, and you can actually hear Spanish, you know, depending mm-hmm. or, you know, where you are, or what neighborhoods you go to. Um, and, and I do, I do like surprising people about, um, and also the history of, of the Latino community in the state of Ohio and the different cities, right? And uh, where there is a long history, you know, from the 1920s, there was, there was people migrating here to Ohio for different reasons. And, um, and so, yeah, so it's, uh, the Midwest doesn't get enough um, light, I think, about the Latino community. Um, really don't. And so we need to do more. So, you know, whenever you want to come to Ohio, let me know. I'm about it. Once this all the, all this all this is craziness is gone, uh, let, let, let's talk. Because okay. I, I I think the Midwest has the best food. I will say it right here. I'll say it right here right now. <laughs> At least in Chicago, I rep Chicago food hard. Puerto Rican mm. food especially. Mm-hmm. New Yorkers mm-hmm. come after me. It's all good. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Um, Eli, you are also a podcaster. Uh, tell me about self-hype. How are you hoping to reach people with this initiative? Yeah, so it's, 
Self-hype is is uh, a personal project I started just a couple of years ago and it uh, it really didn't have a name. I remember like it was, it was back in 2016 and I was like kind of hitting and just a low, low, like my personal life. Like I was making this dope digital content. I was getting millions of views, but like personally, like, like I just felt stuck. I mm-hmm. personally, I didn't feel motivated personally. Just like, Oh, I just didn't feel happy with myself. And you know, it reached just like a low of inactivity. I wasn't taking care of myself and uh, I was getting like massive anxiety and it's like, and I just needed a change. I needed a, a big change. And that was at the same time of like, you know, I had a roommate that was like really positive and he saw a value in me and he's like, yo, you need to start posting on social media. Cause I wouldn't make videos for Buzzfeed, but I wouldn't post anything. I wouldn't post myself. Mm-hmm. I was very kind of behind the camera filmmaker uh, but he was like, people need to see you. Like, like one, you have this opportunity of being on this platform, you know, what are you going to do with it? And then two, it's like, there's not a lot of people that look like you in the digital space. So, you know, you know, make it, make it you. So, you know, at the time I was transitioning with this, uh, you know, I was, I was getting deep into like motivational books, you know, personal development, self-help. Um, and I was just going on this wave and like really accepting who I am of like, you know, I, I like, I like philosophical thought. I like personal development. I, I, I fell in love with, with self-help. I fell, and, you know, I knew, I knew social media and this was a world I was very much falling in love with. So I was like, well, let me post some things that will reflect both. So I started making videos like uh, news that doesn't suck. And it was back in 2016. Mm-hmm. So it was like when Trump won. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, all the news is so depressing uh, let me just make something of like happy news. So it was just me sharing my thoughts on positive news and that was getting really positive uh, feedback. Uh, and then I started going deeper with it and like sharing quotes and, and sharing just learnings that I had about myself and my personal development journey. And um, my friend thought of like, oh, self, self-hype. It's this, it's, mm-hmm. you hear self-help and it's very mm-hmm. like, you know, you're, you're crazy or it's like Midwestern, like Caucasian mom or something. But like self-hype is, is very like POC inclusive to anyone and, and it's and it's open and, it, and it's and it's real. Um, so I just want to open up not only like personal development, like inner work that social media could give you that, but also there's there's outer opportunities with social media. So since I switched to self-hype, I started posting and showing who I was and like my thoughts I've been able to get, you know, get brand deals. I've been able to, you know, start my podcast. I've been able to, you know, really build a business for myself personally. And I see that as an opportunity because, you know, with the, with the digital space, you know, there is that socioeconomic divide is gone. Like you, if you want to start a business and reach out to someone, you can do it. Like we're talking right now because you just DM me. So Mm -hmm. um, I've been able to work with like presidential candidates. I've been able to get this job at BuzzFeed. I've been able to connect with people just through social media. And Mm -hmm. I want to give, I want to show that social media can be a tool for personal development and for entrepreneurial uh, life-changing benefits as well. And there's skills and ways to do it, to change your life. And it doesn't matter where, what color you are, how much money you make, where you come from. This is something we all have access to because, I mean, people have become millionaires off the cell phone in their pocket, the same cell phone you have. So I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that internally and outwardly that, you know, people seek this sense of worth and and, uh, potential with what we have currently in the digital space. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, Eli, you mentioned something earlier, and, and, and I meant to follow up with that. And so I know this is one of your sort of passion projects, correct? Self-hype. Yeah. Uh, but you also love 
filmmaking and and I you know I follow you on Instagram now is that how you say it um and you posted I don't know a few weeks ago uh some uh pictures where you're um I'm guessing directing or Mm. you're filming and you said um uh, that you could win the lottery today and and you still what makes you happiest is doing making films right right um so i i just i wanted to ask you that i wanted to give you the space to talk about that i mean why is that important to you and what kind of films do you do you make and 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 why is why do we need to watch your films yeah first of all Elena, you are great for someone who like <laughs> you didn't seem too confident with the whole saying instagram thing yet you are great at digital stalking you are Number one, like, oh, you were fantastic at looking at my stuff and all that. Not in a it's bad research, way. Eli. It's not research. A, not in a bad way, but no, it's, it's, you're, you're, you know more about digital space than you think. Um, no, well, no. You know, sure. I, you, yeah, I'm, I'm a generation. What is? I'm a generation X, and I, um, and I'm pretty proficient with digital content. Oh yeah, you know what's up. You know what's up. Um, yeah, thank you for that question. Yeah, you know, it's, it's. With everything that's going on with the pandemic and everything, like it makes you realize what you really love and what you really want to do. And like, you know, with the day to day life, we get busy with what we feel like we should do or like social media could just you feel like you have to keep feeding the machine. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with all this that's going on, it's like it made me really sit with like my passions and my loves and why I'm even here right now. And it's really because of filmmaking. Like I, I love storytelling and I'm blessed that I could do it in the small screen, but like no matter what, it's the, it's the big screen or the streaming screen that like really motivates me. And it's like what got me to the dance. So it's like, and then I think that's a question that like, you know, it's really interesting one is that like, yeah, what if money wasn't an option, like was, wasn't an issue? What if you've got mm-hmm. like a billion dollars and it's like, you don't really have to do anything. What is the one thing you would still want to do? And I think mm-hmm. that's like a pretty clear indication of like what, what you really want to do, like what that real passion is. So I think no matter what, like I would make digital content, but like filmmaking, there's this beautiful storytelling aspect because it just goes so much deeper. Like you take more time with it. People are sitting, investing in a movie theater. Like they can't turn it off. They can't walk away. They're just sitting there. So it's, there's this beautiful perspective. And the way I see filmmaking is like, it's this personal kind of therapy of like your perspective of how you see the world. And, And the fact that like, it's this one of these safe spaces that it doesn't matter who you voted for, what you look like, where you come from. Like we all laugh at the same parts when we see movies. We all cry at Mm. the same parts. Mm. And I think there's something really human to that. And I think that's like, that's digging to the most core of who we are is like on a soul level. Like that is like my personal outlook of it. And that's what motivates me so much to tell filmmaking Mm. and to make a film and to have people sit and to have people react on the moments that you wanted them to react to. If it's crying or yelling or whatever, it's the greatest feeling in the world because it's just so damn human. And, uh, and I, I wouldn't, I, I, I can never see myself stop doing that. And, that. and that's, so with my filmmaking, it's like I grew up as an indie brown kid, which everything I liked was very white. And it's something that you don't even really realize in the like early 2000s. And, and now like seeing the world and being, being woke, if you will, it's like I want to, tell those same I want to tell stories of people of color American Latinx stories but in visual exciting ways like I love what Jordan Peele's doing with like us and get out um and 
there is this amazing movie called uh, Attack the Block that I saw that really popped off my storytelling, which it's just about inner city black kids from London, aliens crash land, and they have to fight the aliens with bottle rockets and, and you know, golf clubs. I love that. <laughs> so it's like, how do we tell American Latinx, American POC stories, but in fun genre-based ways in sci-fi and in, in horror and, and mm-hmm. make it not so much about survival, but, but just about living life. So it's uh, so that's what I really want to um, bring to the table and and make the movies that I wanted to see when I was just a lonely brown indie kid skateboarding in my mom's basement. So mm-hmm. um, I like that everything that you do has to do with uh, human connection, right? I mean, the way that you described filmmaking and the and the things that you do with how you start at self hype um, has to do with that connection and and. And, and in the process, you're empowering others, which is, it's a whole, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a complete, I don't know, circle, you know, mm. to be able to, um, to connect with people, but also empower them. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it, it's just it, us as human beings, like we, it's connection, it's, it's life, it's storytelling, it's like who, who. What's the point of living if it's all just dollar, dollar bills, y'all? Like, I get it. Like, we got to pay the rent. But there's this deeper connection of human beings and why we're here. And, you know, we're all going to die one day. We're all just going to be an era 100 years from now. So it's like, what do we do with it? How do we? It's this, it's this beautiful playground that's real mm-hmm. that will end. And, and I think and I get most motivated by human connection and and picking and prodding why we are the way we are. So it's like, if I have this digital content, if I have this presence, who am I not to you know, find connection or give value to people. So, but thank you for that. I mean, I mean, I, I, I would love to speak to your students because I feel like just based off this conversation you're, alone. You're, you're on like, my calendar. Right. I mean, you're going to be a guest speaker on one of my classes. What? For sure. Oh my yes. God. Wait, it's, it's, <laughs> hey, Paul, don't cut this out. I, I want, I want this, to, you know, stick. I, I want it to show up. So oh, it is. <laughs> uh, I would love to check out your, like, I, you're, you're just, you're fantastic. So I'm sure you get it. Like you give value to people every day with like you educating others. So it's mm-hmm. like, you very much thank you for what you're doing as well it's it's fantastic and um i'm sure it's yeah i'm sure you understand you you yeah you're educating human beings every day it's phenomenal yes um eli is there anything else you would like to add uh to this conversation about yourself or about your work or future projects um just follow me on the social medias y'all like at Mm -hmm. It's Eli Vasquez. It's uh, you'll see all the films. You'll see all the self hype. You'll see all the better like videos. Um, and yeah, it's, I just want people to be as compassionate to themselves as they can during these times. Um, it's this wild time of like unprecedented time. So it's like, it's this wild west of, just understanding yourself of this wild west of figuring out who you are. It's, it's, you know, there's so much potential of growth of understanding of, of belief with ourselves and, and just give us time to explore that and be the best we can and think about how we can make the best future we can for ourselves after this is all said and done. So, but, uh, but thank you though. I appreciate this conversation. Thank you for this conversation. Fue un placer. Oh, I should know this. <laughs> it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. <laughs> well, yes. how do you say it again? Sorry. Fue un placer. Fue un placer. Yes. I'm learning past tense. So that's, that's, that's a fue. Okay, oh, that's gotcha. right. That's right. <laughs> oh, thank a, you so much. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima.